Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening all right what's up guys your boy is back uh this is sports gamble ramble number 50 um, we are going to be going over NFL Week 9, uh, some spread picks and some player prop targets. I know I've been gone for a couple of weeks. I'm sorry, guys. i got to be better at being more consistent, getting you guys one in, one a week here um, throughout the NFL season. It's just tough for me to carve out time um, because my really my only my only uh, recording window is, is Friday, Saturday because i got to wait for all the practice and injury reports to come out. There's a lot of stuff, you know, still that I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know at the time of recording if Kyler Murray is going to be playing in the Arizona matchup. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that going on this week. So doing my best here, but let's get into it. Let's go over the slate. Um, coming off a really good uh, week eight, picked a lot of upsets, um, a lot of underdog winners last week including the Patriots, Steelers, and Saints upsets all posted on my Instagram page last Sunday. So make sure you guys are still following along. You know, even if there's no episode, that's no excuse. Uh, the Instagram page is where you really catch all the live action. Uh, week nine, we got some interesting games here. Um, honestly, last Sunday was a little bit more appealing to me. I, again, I'm sorry I didn't get to record for week eight. Um, but we do have some good angles to look at here. So Coming off a nice uh, couple of bets on the Thursday game, you know, we hit the Colts spread. We hit the Jonathan Taylor over on the rushing yards. Missed Carson Wentz's completion unders by a half completion, but we were close on that one. Really had that game handicapped strong. Um, looking at Sunday, uh, we got Houston at Miami, minus six for the Dolphins. 46 is the over under, and I really like the Texans here. This is one that kind of popped off the board to me. Tyrod Taylor's back, and we'll be talking about the Texans throughout our player prop segment at the end of this episode, but I'll be definitely targeting some of their passing game against this soft Miami defense. Um, uh, I do think the Dolphins are a better team than the Texans, but not by six points. And Houston honestly could win this game. I think Tyrod being back again, just massive upgrade at quarterback for this Houston team. That offense looked pretty solid. Uh, with Tyrod in there the first couple weeks of the season. So um, I believe Houston has what it takes to pull off this upset. Miami just spiraling right now. And, uh, you know, I know this is a winnable game for them, but this six points, it's too much. Give me the Texans plus the six. Uh, we'll move on. Denver heads to Dallas. Dallas is minus 10 this week. 49 is the over-under. Uh, I guess big question, is Dak going to make his return? All reports and indications this week say that Dak will be playing. Um, I don't think this spread would be 10 points if Cooper Rush was going to be the starter again for Dallas. Um, but that's not 100% at the time of recording. There's always a chance that Dak tweaks something, 
you know, in warmups tomorrow and, and we're getting a Cooper rush game here. Regardless, at the current number, I like the Broncos to cover this 10. Really, I like the under in this game more so. Um, there's a couple props that we'll talk about as well. I like Bridgewater to get some completions this week. But Denver with the 10, it's just too many points. Dallas has covered every week of the season. They're 7-0 and against the spread this year. And uh, this feels like a big number for them to cover. For some reason, I feel like they play better on the road. Um, than at home, uh, kind of one of those weird situations. The Eagles are kind of a team like that this year too, where like uh, I don't think they necessarily enjoy the home crowd as much as just having kind of that clear mind being on the road with less distractions. That's not a major angle, just kind of a gut call. It's definitely true with the Eagles. Um, but with Dallas here, you know, I've got a trend for the refereeing crew. I looked up a bunch of uh, refereeing trends this week. Again, there's some pretty juicy ones. And, you know, I'm not going to say that this league is fixed, but with some of uh, these refereeing trends and how consistent and reliable they are, some, I don't know, man, something's fucking going on here. Uh, cue, you know, the X-Files music for all the conspiracy theorists out there. But back to this Cowboys game, uh, referee Bill Vinovich, uh, in the last five games that he's officiated, all five have gone under the total. I like this game to go under as well. I like Denver to try to slow this game down initially. Um, I like the running game. I like a lot of Javante Williams in this game. And I like a lot of short underneath completions for Denver. So I think they can cover the 10, and I think that this game can finish under 49 points. That's how I'm going to be approaching that one. Uh, moving on, next 1 o'clock game, uh, the Vikings at the Ravens. The Ravens are a six-point home favorite coming off the bye week. Uh, Over-unders 50. Minnesota, you know, I think people are very out on this Minnesota team at this point in the season, and it's it's hard not to be. They're one of the most inconsistent teams in the league. I think that's safe to say. Um, losing a game last week on primetime television to the Cooper Rush led Cowboys. I think that's pretty embarrassing for this Vikings team. I think Mike Zimmer is a pretty prideful head coach. And the fact that they got embarrassed nationally last week, I think he's going to uh, have this team more focused for a bounce back this week. So I'm going to be going with the Vikings plus the six. My worries are that this uh, this locker room is is either out on Zimmer or out on Kirk Cousins and that they're just falling apart. And also, John Harbaugh is great uh, coming off the bye. Um, don't have the numbers in front of me. I think he might be like 9-5 and five against the spread coming off a bye as the Ravens head coach. Definitely a profitable record if that's not the exact numbers. So that's concerning. Um, and this is under a touchdown, so you know Minnesota's got to keep it a one-score game. I think Baltimore is a much better team than Minnesota, but this, I, again, these sixes kind of jump off the board to me. I don't like laying six points. Um, I'd much rather take the six. So I'm going to go with the Vikings here. Again, that road trend um, from the refereeing. I guess I didn't share this with you guys, uh, but Carl Sheffers is the head official for this game. And on the season, uh, the road team in games officiated by Sheffers is 7-1 and one against the spread. So really profitable for those road dogs under Carl Sheffers. 
Maybe he's taking some money lines throughout the season. Who knows what's going on with these Zebras, guys. Sketchy stuff, but give me the road team to keep that trend going. Uh, don't necessarily expect an upset here. I think Baltimore is a very strong team and uh, legitimate Super Bowl contender, uh, but six points too much. Next game, 1 o'clock. New England and Carolina, I don't have much to say about this. New England's favored by three and a half. The over-under is 41. Probably going to be a gross game. I'm going to go with New England minus three and a half. I don't see myself betting this, uh, but give me that Belichick defense to fuck Sam Darnold up. I mean, Belichick, uh, maybe I will bet this, because let's look back at how Belichick did against Darnold in his Jets time. I guess I should have put that together and done more research on that, but that might be something to examine here. Uh, just don't trust Darnold and this Panthers offense at all. Give me the road team laying the three and a half. Um, not much else to say. Uh, probably a gross low scoring game. Maybe it's a field goal in the Panthers cover. I like new England here is the better team. Again, I'm out on Darnold completely. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Next game, Buffalo at Jacksonville, uh, biggest spread of the week. Um, possibly the best team in the NFL versus possibly the worst team in the NFL. If not, they're both, you know, top and bottom five, top and bottom three. Real uh, gap in talent here. Buffalo minus 14 and a half is the pick for me. The over-under is 48 and a half. Um, if I had to guess under, I guess, because I don't see Jacksonville scoring much. But this could be a total blowout. Um, Buffalo failing to cover the big number last week against divisional opponent Miami. Uh, that was a, kind of a shocker. Actually, they might have covered late in that game, but I know that they started super slow. That's my point here. It was like 3-3 three, three, uh, halfway through the third quarter, and then Buffalo kind of cracked it open at the end. I don't expect them to let their, uh, you know, play with their food this week, I guess. Um, I think Buffalo was kind of uh, sleeping coming off the bye last week against a divisional opponent at home. Uh, slow start, that's fine, but... We see how lethal this Bills team is. Uh, they are my pick to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC this year. I think they are legit. And I think they fuck up the Jags. The Jags are just a mess. Uh, no reason to back Urban Meyer. Don't care if it's a 15-point spread. I will lay the points. I think Buffalo's up maybe 24 nothing at halftime. You know, this is this reminds me a lot of that Rams-Texans game from last week. Um, where the Rams just absolutely throttled them from start to finish. Give me the blowout. Give me the Bills. Circle the wagons. Next game, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals are minus two and a half. Over-under is 47. And I kind of like the Browns here. I guess my angle with this is mostly the psychological and emotional boost of finally getting Odell Beckham out of the locker room. I think this is a game – where Cleveland realizes if they want to make the playoffs, they need to win these divisional games. Um, they, It's a familiar opponent. You know, Cincinnati's obviously having a great year. But, uh, you know, I think maybe they have some second-half stumbles. This Bengals team, to me, kind of reminds me of the Cardinals from last year, where I think the Cardinals started like 5-2, and two, maybe 5-3, and three, and ended up finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. I kind of see some of that for this Bengals team. I think they're getting ready to regress a little bit. Maybe this is a freezing cold tick, take and they win the division, but uh, I got the Baltimore Ravens taking that division over the second half of this season. I think they're a fucking wagon right now. 
if I had to pick the the AFC Championship right now at Week Nine, I'm taking Ravens Bills uh, in the AFC Championship game. That's how I see the AFC playing out. I like Tennessee too. Love Tennessee. Um, but yeah, let's stay on topic. I think Cleveland needs this one. I think Baker is going to have a good game and kind of silence the doubters and say, Hey, you know, maybe OBJ was the problem. Not me. You know, that's kind of my angle here. So let's go Brownies this week as a live dog in that divisional matchup. Two more one o'clock games. Uh, Vegas heads out to the East coast. They got to take on the giants in which should be a pretty gross game here. The Giants are a three-point home dog to the Vegas Raiders. Uh, 46.5 is the over-under. Um, You know, I got to mention it here as part of the handicap and situation, I guess. Unfortunate situation with uh, Henry Ruggs, Raiders' second-year receiver. Um, I think Tuesday or Wednesday this week, uh, arrested for DUI, resulting in a death. Uh, very unfortunate. Um, he is no longer a member of the Raiders. Uh, obviously a horrible thing from a real life perspective. Somebody lost their life. Um, but from a football standpoint, what we're going to talk about here is how does that affect this Raiders team in this Raiders locker room? Is it a, somehow a motivator? Like, okay, let's, we don't need rugs. Let's win this without him. Or is it a massive distraction? And I'm leaning towards distraction this week. They already got that emotional boost from the Gruden firing. Uh, this feels uh, like, the, like the total opposite. You know what I mean? Like this is a very un- unfortunate thing. Um, also, they have a massive look ahead spot to uh, a Sunday night primetime game next week versus the Kansas City Chiefs, their biggest rival. And, uh, you know, that divisional big brother. So for that reason, give me the Giants plus three here. I think they're a live dog. I think possibly the Giants get the upset here. Love them in a teaser if you can get them up to plus nine. Really good spot for the Giants here. They're terrible at home. They're a terrible team. Like, I don't want to put my money on the Giants nine times out of ten, but I think this is that one out of ten. I do like this spot for the Giants to be kind of sneaky here and maybe grab that upset. Give me the home dog. I found myself leaning a lot with some of the dogs in the one o'clock slate. I, I think like I have what six out of eight of these. I'm taking the points with the dogs, which probably won't work out. But um, I find myself laying points with the late game. So maybe maybe we have a you know one o'clock dog heavy and then four o'clock the favorites come through. That's kind of what I've got this week. But we'll see how it plays out. One more one o'clock game: Atlanta at New Orleans. Uh, the Saints are minus six, uh, over under is 41 and a half. I really like the under for this game. I'm also going to take the points with the Falcons plus the six on my spread pick. I, I don't love that. I don't really want to bet on Atlanta Ad- initially here. I don't think it's a good matchup for Atlanta in terms of, I think this Saints defense can do a lot versus this limited Falcons offense. No Kelvin Ridley for them at this point in the season. Uh, him, you know, stepping away from the NFL for some off the field, you know, personal issues. So it's really just the rookie Kyle Pitts and some ancillary, you know, skill players around him. And then Matt Ryan at QB, who's kind of just an average guy at this point in his career. 
So what I'm saying is, um, you know, recently teams have been putting their number one corner on pits and treating him like a receiver instead of like a tight end. They're not putting linebackers and safeties on him. They're saying, well, if this guy's going to run routes like a receiver, let's cover him like a receiver. And Stephon Gilmore shut him down last week in that Panthers-Falcons game. If they if the Saints decide to put Marshawn Lattimore on pits, I don't see how he does a whole lot. And uh, I don't like Atlanta to be able to score a whole lot of points here. Um, but I don't like New Orleans to really be able to light it up on offense either. Coming off that massive upset over the Bucs, um, I think the offense kind of comes back down to earth this week. They are starting Trevor Simeon over Taysom Hill. Uh, it's reported that Taysom Hill will be involved in the offense to some extent, but Simeon is the guy under center. And I could there's a there's a there's a reality where Simeon comes back down to earth big time this week after a great game uh, versus the Bucks. So give me the under big time, and I'll take the points with Atlanta. But I I, I don't know if I'll see myself betting on Atlanta plus six. I'll probably have this under. I got some ref trends to back up my picks on this one. Uh, head official is Alex Kemp. Uh, last seven games, the road team is six and one against the spread. And the under is five, one and one. So yeah, under and Atlanta. It's just too many points. Like I think New Orleans wins this game uh, for sure. Like I'm not calling for that upset, but it's just too many points in a game that I, I expect to be a defensive battle. So if the under is good, Atlanta plus six should be good. All right, too much time on that game. Let's move on. Uh, we got the Chargers and the Eagles. Uh, Philly plus one home dog, 49 and a half over under. Uh, the Chargers head over to the West Coast. Philly 0-3 at home this year straight up, haven't won a home game. I think it's a, that's a real thing to pay attention to. I mentioned it kind of when I talked about the Cowboys game. I think this is a real thing. The Eagles don't like playing at home because – these Eagles, the fans in Philadelphia, myself included, if you guys have heard how I feel about this team at this point in the season, whew, they are hearing it from their fans. This this team stinks. This team fucking stinks. Nick Sirianni fucking stinks as a head coach. The guy sounds like a doofus every other fucking time he opens his mouth to the media. They, they Okay, so this is my thing with the Eagles. I'm picking the Chargers here, guys. This is my thing right now. We're coming off a 44-6 to win against the Detroit Lions. Okay, the Lions are dog shit. I picked that easily last week. That was a clear flat spot for the Lions. So it was a bad spot for the Lions after coming off that Matt Stafford revenge game versus uh, the Rams. And then uh, I don't give a fuck what Detroit's doing this. What are they, on a bye? They're not playing. So, yeah, sandwich spot between a revenge Stafford game and a bye week. You think those Lions weren't looking forward to having a fucking week off from from getting chewed out by, by fucking Dan Campbell and Guns Mahomey up there? So let's – I know I'm getting off traffic here, but, guys, the Lions were going to get blown out no matter who they played last week. That was not about the Eagles being good. That was about everyone in Detroit already having their bags packed for the bye week. Now Philly returns to home where, you know, let's say the Chargers, who are clearly a better team than the Eagles, get up 10, 14 points early on this team. Those boo birds are going to come out in Philadelphia and they're going to hear how bad they fucking suck again because they do. This team sucks. The Chargers are clearly such a better team in class. When I saw last week that the Eagles won 44 to 6, 
and the Chargers lost to the Patriots, who I don't think people really expected that, right? I went immediately to my whiteboard because I have a whiteboard here where I write shit down so I don't forget it later. I went immediately and I told myself, I wrote out in all capital letters, lay the points with the Chargers next week in Philly. I was pretty shocked to see this is only a one point spread. I was even more shocked to see that there is sharp action coming in on the Eagles this week. I don't know exactly who out there is 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 emptying their savings account and uh, putting it on the Eagles to get a, a home win um, versus a much better opponent here with the Chargers. It's happening somehow. The Chargers are one of the most publicly backed teams this week, and the Eagles are getting sharp action. I don't care. The Eagles suck. I'm just ignoring the line movement. I'm ignoring the sharp action. I'm ignoring the fact that this is a fishy home dog that smells like it's going to be a fucking upset. This this looks like it could be the, the parlay buster this week, right? Where everybody and their fucking mother has the Chargers minus one in their parlay, and that's that's what everybody's ripping their ticket up about. I don't see it. As an Eagles fan, I don't understand how the fuck we're going to win this game, so I'm taking the Chargers minus one. It smells like a gross dog. It smells like you don't want to lay because it's so obvious. I don't care. I'm not overthinking this one is what I'm saying. It's so fucking obvious to me. Maybe the Eagles win this game and I look like a fucking fool next week when we're talking about this one, but this jumped off the page to me. Um, I told you, I, I, I was waiting for this spread to come out ever since last Sunday afternoon, so... Really like the Chargers to beat the shit out of the Eagles. Um, yeah, let's wrap up this slate. We got four games left. Packers and Chiefs, uh, Chiefs minus seven and a half, over under 48. This is a tough one. Obviously, big story, Aaron Rodgers out. He's on the COVID list. I'm not going to cover his whole, did I get vaccinated, did I not get vaccinated thing. Pat McAfee has him on uh, once a week. He was actually on twice this week. He did about a 37-minute interview where he fully explained his stance on the vaccine and the situation. If you guys are interested in that, go over to YouTube. Check out the Pat McAfee show. It's like a 30-minute interview with Rodgers. It's fucking awesome. I love listening to the guy talk. He explains it very well. I have a lot of respect for Rodgers at this point. And for doing that shit, uh, you get, really get to see a, a cooler side of, of the human that is Aaron Rodgers. Um that being said, he's not playing this week, so we got to deal with are the Chiefs going to cover this 7.5 against Jordan Love in his first NFL start. I'm leaning with laying the points with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are horrible at covering oh, over the last year or so since, like, Mahomes mania or whatever broke out, really probably since he started doing those fucking State Farm commercials. That's probably what did it for him. Um, the Chiefs are, like, 2-12 and 12 in their last 14 games, like, 3-12. and 15 in their last 18 like they're just not covering at all but they also don't get that many home games against um who's essentially a rookie quarterback you know making his first start here i'm not really a big believer in jordan love um i think i would lay the points here i don't feel overly confident in this i do think there's a reality where the chiefs defense is that bad and the Packers running game is that good where they're able to keep it close and cover this number. I got the Chiefs winning. 
Um, I'm actually a little disappointed here because I wanted to take the Chiefs. I was hoping, you know, if Rodgers was playing, I, I figured I could get the Chiefs as a home dog in this game. And I was looking at that. I've been looking at that for like a week. I was like, all right. I, I, ever since uh, the Packers, um, you know, upset the Cardinals on Thursday Night Football, which I also called uh, 2-2, ever since that moment, I was like, all right, you know, and then the Chiefs didn't cover against the Giants. You got to zig the zag. I was waiting to hop on the Chiefs here as a home dog, maybe plus three, plus two and a half to J- to to Rogers coming into town. Uh, we don't get that opportunity, so I'll still lay the points, but I don't feel as confident. And I, I wish Rogers was playing, and when we could get an extra. I mean, that spread probably what moved like fucking ten points. So. It's unfortunate. Uh, I'll take the Chiefs to get this shit done and to make uh, Jordan Love look um, significantly worse than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, moving on, Arizona and San Francisco minus two and a half. The 49ers are as a home favorite. Um, Cardinals coming off that Thursday night loss to Green Bay. Kyler Murray questionable to play. Did not practice all week. Uh, this spread here with the 49ers favored indicates that Kyler will not play. I think that's how most people are preparing for this game. Uh, so with that assumed, give me the 49ers to win and cover at home. I don't feel like betting on Colt McCoy. Um, who knows what the fuck happens? I don't have much else to say. You know, if I spend five minutes on this game and then Kyler does end up playing, it's a waste of five minutes. So pay attention to it. But without Kyler, I'm not taking the 49. I'm not taking the Cardinals here. The 49ers actually almost beat Arizona. Uh, about a month ago um, in Trey Lance's first career start. They were like a fucking yard away from a Trey Lance rushing touchdown on fourth and goal that would have changed the outcome of that game. So give me Sam Fran here. Two more games. Um, Tennessee at LA, the Rams are seven and a half point home favorites on Sunday night. Over under is 53. I really like the over for this one. I've got my last refereeing trend of the week for you guys. Uh, the referee, uh, Brad Rogers is six and one to the over, uh, this year, Tennessee doesn't have much of a defense at all. And the Rams are a fucking unit on offense, absolutely lighting people up. Uh, they've got to be leading the league in points per game. Um, Sean McVay really having a lot of fun with Stafford there. That offense has leveled up completely um, since the days of Jared Goff. And Tennessee, uh, the big story, obviously, we get to see what they look like without Derrick Henry back there. We get to see uh, the things that Ryan Tannehill has been doing for the last two years. Are they legit or are they just a byproduct of the, of the play action and having – you know, a fucking refrigerator in it five yards deep in his backfield to, to, to play action and hand it off to and uh, keep those boxes stacked. We'll see. I don't know what I'm doing for the spread here. I Right now I'm leaning for the Rams to cover it, but I could easily see myself talking myself into Tennessee. I love this Titans team. Um, I think that long-term, I think Adrian Peterson has enough in the tank to um, you know, at, be serviceable and keep this team balanced over the the second half of this season for the stretch until hopefully they get Henry back in the playoffs. Um, I'm just not sure the offense all comes together this week. Uh, I think LA is clearly going to be able to put up points on Tennessee, and it could lead to Tennessee having to throw a lot in the second half. This could be a big uh, yardage game for AJ Brown and Tannehill. Um, so I like the over more than anything here. I don't love the spread. I'm leaning with 
the Rams to cover the seven and a half, but don't love it. Going to be really interesting, though. This should be a great Sunday night game with or without Derrick Henry. Obviously, it would be even more fun to watch with Henry. It's pretty unfortunate. He was probably going to run for like 2,200 yards and 25 touchdowns this year, and we're not going to get to see that. Um, But I'm hoping he's back for the playoffs, and so are the Titans. One more game here. I don't have much to say about the Monday night football game. It's not the best football game period. It's probably going to be really disgusting to watch. The Steelers are hosting the Bears, two of the grossest offenses in the NFL period this year. Uh, The over-under is 39. It's the lowest of the week. It's for a good reason. I see this under uh, being a good bet. Probably it's a low number, but who the fuck is going to score in this game? I'm leaning Chicago plus the six and a half. I don't like this. I won't bet this. There's no, there's nothing you could do or say to get me to take uh, Justin Fields to cover a primetime spread in Pittsburgh. Um, But this Steelers offense just isn't good enough to cover a six and a half point spread right now. Chicago's defense is, is decent. They have the ability, I think, to get pressure on Ben Roethlisberger. This is just an ugly fucking game. Give me Steelers. Give me 19-16 Steelers. Win by a field goal. Don't cover. Fuck this game. I'm going to take a quick pause. I'm going to come back. We're going to do player props. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks, guys. All right. I am back. Let's go over our week nine player props and wrap up this episode. I've got uh, like eight or nine props for you guys so we can get through these pretty quickly. And then there's a couple guys uh, that I'll mention at the end. Um, that I wasn't able to find their prop prices. So I'll just give you the names and you can look for them on your own. Uh, My first prop, uh, first two are really kind of correlated together. It's both the same, uh, same, excuse me, overarching principle. I like the Texans passing attack against the Dolphins this weekend. Uh, So I'm going to take Brandon Cooks over 66 and a half receiving yards, minus 114. And I'm going to take Tyrod Taylor over 1.5 passing touchdowns, plus 120 on that. So Tyrod just has to throw two touchdowns. You're getting plus 120 odds. I really like that. Um, He looked solid, uh, if not better than solid, the first two weeks leading this Texans offense before his injury. Uh, Like I said in my Dolphins-Texans breakdown, this is a really good matchup for the Texans to be able to move the ball through the air. Uh, Cooks in week one uh, against the Jaguars, uh, I think had like five for over 100. Um, So to get 67 yards here with uh, his um, starting quarterback back under center, I like this a lot for the Texans offense. Next prop uh, that I want to talk about, Dallas Goddard, uh, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, over four and a half receptions minus 139. Um, so I'm just going to pull up his numbers real quick. This is like the one guy that I, I kind of forgot to pull up the recent numbers, but yeah, in the last, uh, two weeks since, uh, the Eagles game, um, Thursday night against the Bucks where Goddard did not play, that was Zach Ertz's last game as an Eagle. So in the last two weeks, since Ertz has been traded away, uh, Goddard has 12 targets, uh, nine catches, seven, uh, excuse me, 142 yards. So I like him to continue to be more involved in the offense. Uh, like I said, last week against Detroit, uh, six catches on seven targets for 72 yards. Um, so to get five catches here, I really like at uh, minus 139. 
Um, I also think his yardage could be uh, a pretty good prop as well as he's gone over 70 the last two weeks. His yardage this week is only uh, 53 and a half yards. So I think both are pretty solid, but I think I feel more comfortable about just getting the five catches than hoping that he turns it into yardage. So um, moving on, next one, Austin Eckler, I really expect to have a big day. Um, I guess I've got three props in a row here that are all on this Eagles-Chargers game. Uh, so the Goddard, um, I guess going back to that, uh, the Chargers really struggled to uh, cover the tight end position. Um, and then also in that game, uh, we see that neither of these teams, the Eagles or Chargers, have very strong uh, linebacking cores or run defenses. They're both kind of run funnel defenses where they choose to um well the eagles are a bad run defense so teams just run on them they don't have to pass on them and then the chargers are a really good pass defense so teams choose to run on them instead of trying to attack them through the air so big game for the tight ends and the running backs uh in this matchup i like eckler over 40 and a half receiving yards uh minus 114 the Eagles just don't have the linebackers to cover this guy. He's one of the best receiving backs in the league. I think he hits this easily. He could go over this in the first half. And uh, Eckler, anytime touchdown, minus 143. Love that. Eckler, uh, over one and a half touchdowns, plus 350. I think that's worth you know putting in. I think he uh, is going to have an easier time probably getting these touchdowns through the air than um, – through the rushing game, but uh, who knows? You know, Eckler, he's a monster. He's having a great season, and I think this is a great matchup for him. And then the last one in this Eagles-Chargers game, Boston Scott over 44.5 rushing yards. Boston Scott clearly the lead uh, running back in this Eagles offense with Miles Sanders being on the IR right now. Uh, had a bulk of the carries last week. Didn't get much second half action, but didn't need to. The Eagles were up 41 to nothing at one point. Uh, like I said, Chargers, not a good run defense, really good pass defense. So let's run the ball on them. 45 yards for Boston Scott. And then, uh, you know, a couple more here, guys. Um, I like Teddy Bridgewater to go over 22 and a half completions, minus 130. Um, a lot of the passing volume in this Broncos offense is short underneath stuff, high percentage completions. He's got Jerry Judy back. Um, this uh, Denver team is going to need to uh, move the ball in order to have a shot against Dallas, assuming Dallas has Dak Prescott back. Um, the over-under is 49, so it's a little bit higher than you usually get in Denver games, and I think that indicates more offense and more passing for Teddy Bridgewater. So 23 completions minus 130. And uh, we're going to wrap it up here with two running backs uh, who are in timeshares to go over their rushing yards. I like A.J. Dillon over 38 and a half rush yards minus 114. Um, he was very involved in the game plan last week uh, as the Packers had to kind of make up for not having their two top receivers um, due to COVID. This week, they're without Aaron Rodgers, so kind of a similar situation. They're going to need to manufacture offense. They're going to need to run the ball against this vulnerable Chiefs defense to keep the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands, uh, you know, playing with a backup QB, maybe having to manage and manufacture the offense, like I said. So uh, 38 and a half rushing yards. Uh, Dylan could hit this at halftime as well, given the matchup and everything that I just said. 
And then Zach Moss over 40 and a half rush yards minus 114. He hasn't gone over this in uh, the past month or so. Um, but he hit, he had a couple games earlier in the season with like 60, 65 rushing yards. And it's really just part of the matchup. I, I expect a lot of garbage time. Um, Buffalo should be running the ball and draining the clock in the second half of this game. They're a 14 and a half point favorite. And I think they beat the shit out of the Jags. And I think that means uh, more rushing work for uh, Singletary and Moss. So 41 yards for Moss minus 114. Um, I think he's a decent, uh, you know, guy to maybe throw into some of your uh, fantasy lineups if you need a desperation flex or an RB2 or playing daily fantasy this week. And then my honorable mentions, I have three names here on guys where I couldn't find their props. They're not listed currently or they're not well enough known, you know, names to really be listed. But Cedric Wilson uh, he's like the, technically the fourth fourth receiver on the depth chart for the Cowboys, but uh, there's probability that C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup don't play this week. And Wilson's a guy who has seen, um, you know, volume in this offense before. Uh, he's very talented. He's very athletic. He's number one on the Cowboys. So he's just that he's that tall, skinny, fast receiver that you always see like making plays and catching passes and you say, fuck, that's not Amari Cooper or shit. That's not CD lamb. That's this guy. It's Cedric Wilson. He's really good. Um, he was drafted in like the fifth round, but I saw some people had like second, third round grades on him in the draft process a couple years ago. So uh, I think with the expanded opportunity, um, he should be a guy to look at for his receptions and yardage. Derek Gore is the next guy running back for the chiefs. Um, he had like, I think 40 yards and a touchdown last week. I was looking to take his rushing yardage again this week, but it wasn't listed. He's just a guy that's getting worked into that timeshare split and touches last week with, uh, what's his name? Williams, Daryl Williams. Um, he's a guy that I actually picked up cause I'm super thin at running back this week. And I had to, uh, grab someone to play, um, because I have Deandre Swift and Antonio Gibson both on by this week. So, Derek Gore is a name to be aware of, uh, Chiefs running back. And Tua, I wanted to take Tua's over on his passing yards, but I couldn't find it. It wasn't listed. Uh, like I said, that Texans-Dolphins game could be really high scoring. Neither team has much of a defense. So um, that's something to look at. Tua's actually been uh, putting up some big numbers through the air recently, and this matchup um, you know, shouldn't really indicate uh, that stopping anytime soon. So that's it, guys. Uh, pay attention on the Instagram page this weekend. Sunday morning, I will be posting my top three spread picks, my top three uh, favorite underdog upsets of the day. We've been pretty hot with those lately. So um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Like I said, pay attention at SGR Pod on Instagram and Twitter. This has been SGR number 50. Uh, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you and ramble on.